episode six. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today was my first week of uh, parameter day trading, uh, which is essentially uh, setting parameters uh, with your limits of what you're buying and selling via crypto uh, and stocks. The only issue that I found with day trading stocks is it's heavily, heavily regulated with minimum buy-ins. Um, you have to have, like on Robinhood, you have to have at least 25k to start off, which is, you know, I mean, you could you can essentially buy buy into Robinhood, make a trade, and then sell the same day. But if you're doing puts uh for like shorts and longs which is like betting on a stock to fail or betting on a stock to go up before it actually happens basically like predicting what's going to happen you got to have at least 25k to buy in so it's really not tailored for the retail investor it's not tailored for uh us uh nomads of the current time that are more so gung-ho with just going in with like 500 bucks i mean i think it's uh and i think robin hood should look at this too because i think you know it's great that they've made uh the capability for you to buy in on you know everything that's on the nasdaq and to you know be able to buy and sell the same day but to do more advanced like parameter trading um they make it really difficult with the prerequisites so I uh, basically just started doing it on Coinbase Pro because um, crypto is something that I'm more uh, in the know about versus stocks like stocks and, and crypto is more wild too. I mean, stocks are, they would be considered more predictable, but anyone who says they can predict what's going to go up and what's going to go down is kind of full of it. Like you really, at least as I've been trading, what I've learned is like, here's a simple strategy you um can do stop loss orders which basically you put in a limit price that you want to buy at so you set your price so let's say you know bitcoin's at 49k well i don't want to pay 49k because i know it's probably going to fluctuate either up or down so i'm going to set my limit price at 48k okay for one bitcoin i'm going to buy a hundred dollars worth of that 48k bitcoin then i'm going to set a, another parameter saying this is the price I want to buy and this is the price of where I want to sell and then you can put a stop loss order in saying if it dips below a certain point I want to sell to cover my assets but I think stop loss is not a very good strategy because it's basically putting your faith in a computer uh, to essentially make a trade for you um, when you could have just held on to it, waited for the valuation to go up. I think holding is the key. And I, you know, I think this week it was fun to kind of like dip my toe into parameter trading, but I think the real strategy is to buy and hold. I think this is a longevity play. I think, uh, you know, you can make a couple hundred bucks a day, day trading. I mean, you, you could make a couple hundred thousand a day. Really, it depends on how much you want to play with. Um, but because Bitcoin is the most volatile one, that's where you're probably going to see the most profit or the most loss, you know, because nobody can really predict what's going to happen. I think the best thing to do is really just to buy low, buy the dips and hold them as they, they go through. And, you know, 
I, I mean, for me, that's how I've uh, been able to accrue more money is just like patience trading uh, versus the day trading, you know, just buying while when it's on sale and selling when it's, you know, a thousand, a couple thousand above what you bought it for, you know, and that's the best way to cash out, I think, your profits and to cover yourself because the thing with stop loss trades that I don't like is you know when you're setting a parameter for the computer to actually make that trade for you on a dip you're losing money basically so that's why i like limit orders better where you set your sell price you set your your buy price and if it dips you don't have to sell you you can set your your price to be higher uh you know but if it dips it just stays you still own whatever it is that you're doing so i know it sounds like i'm speaking some foreign language um but it's all been very interesting it's been a really interesting process just kind of like diving into it and um getting more familiar with it i think webull has like lower thresholds of what you can trade uh when you when you're day trading stocks and stuff like that i think you only need a couple hundred bucks to uh to dive in um but yeah i was just really surprised to see like robin hood's strict parameters um the other thing with the exchanges like with stocks is like any exchange can just like freeze assets immediately like they can essentially if they don't uh like uh, a stock that's going down or they don't like a result of something like what happened with gamestop they'll just halt trading and they can do it so like you only have so much control with what you can do which is why i like crypto better because it's more wild it's more volatile and you know you have a little bit more freedom um because it's not as heavily regulated with prerequisites of what is needed to make certain trades so i don't know out of out of everything day trading versus longevity trading i just prefer to buy and hold i i think you know doing the day to day is like like high stress <laughs> you know so it's interesting i did uh did did some more uh carb uh a carb withholding i i haven't eaten carbs um for a little while so that's nice shaving off a little weight and uh yeah pretty much just just chilling you know working on this third novel it's such a pain in the butt to uh to get it done but i'm almost there it's just it's one of the uh most psychologically draining things i think i've had to write like i write it and i'm just like this is making me crazy <laughs> you know so i'm i'm like ready ready to uh be finished with this book it's going to be good though i think you know um i'm just going to i'm going to go right for uh amazon release again i'm not even going to dive into uh mainstream publishing because i i don't i don't really like dealing with uh agents and managers and the whole rigmarole i think if something's good it'll it'll rise to the top anyway and and all the other stuff that's not good will kind of just sit at the wayside i think it's really up to the consumers at the end of the day uh with you know what uh what is a good piece of art what is a good piece of content um and uh yeah i'm going to stick with the amazon route uh probably <laughs> forever because uh, you know i don't have to split it with 
uh, a publishing company or split, you know, split the commissions with an agent or a manager. And like you, when you send out like query letters and stuff like that, like there's some agents that are pretty receptive, they'll respond to you, but like, they don't really like work in your corner unless you have like already a, a sense of clout. So it, it, unless, you know, you've got a couple million, uh, book sales in the bag or, or a very high profile following on social media. Like they, they don't really, they don't do any heavy lifting. And I think, nor should they, like, it's not their job to like make anyone's career, but, um, yeah, I, I've thought about this for a while. I'm like, you know, look at, you know, how critical it was. Um, like just the fact that, you know, we as a as a community as writers um get to put out content without a gatekeeper that's what amazon has done that's what jeff bezos has, has done and i you know jeff bezos is a genius um i think you know he's kind of paved the way for for indie storytelling i mean he started his company uh you know in the in the late you know 1990s well that's when it took off really it was like 1997 um, and they started selling books and I've watched some of his interviews and he talks about, you know, how he, the reason why he wanted to create an avenue for like independent publishers or independent writers, um, was to give them a platform to actually, uh, see what happens, you know, because so many people get rejected by the agents and now it's all politics. So if you don't, uh, fit the mold of exactly what, uh, the people who control uh, the uh, the publishing and, and and all of that. If you're if you don't fall into that narrative, um, it's really it's really tough to get a deal. I mean, quite frankly, um, even if your stuff is good. But I always think like good content's going to rise to the top no matter what. You've, we've seen it with indie films. Um, we've seen it with some indie novels. Uh, there was a an author <clears throat> who I read about, he wrote like these spy books and he basically was rejected by agents and essentially he wrote like three or four books that didn't really go anywhere. He had a small publishing company that pumped him out and he sold like 10 copies and it was released in like a hundred bookstores, you know? Um, and then he started doing uh, Facebook ads and Instagram ads and he checked his uh his KDP his his uh his sales um on, on Kindle Direct Publishing and he saw once he started the Facebook targeting he said it was like within a week he saw his conversion was insane it was through the roof and it was a spy book you know illustration looked okay but storytelling was there and he did it by himself and i can't remember this guy's name but you know this would this is actually would be interesting to look up because this was a while ago when i saw this um so let's just look it up self publishing self-published author that made it big there you go Top shelf publishing. He had a whole article on uh, on how he did it, and uh, let's see, ten authors that 
I wonder if he's on the Zorba books. Let's take a look. Because I love hearing about these stories, you know. I think it was E.L. James. No, not E.L. James. She had a she had an agent. Let's see. There we go. Amazon pays four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to this self-published writer. This is the story. Yeah, uh, it's on Forbes. Okay, this is where I saw it. Okay, I'm gonna read the article. So the London Book Fair lands on an unusually sunny three days in the capital. Uh, there we go. Let's see. Bear with me. <laughs> All righty. It's a little slow. Um, center's main floor. So I'm just scrolling. One man, Mark Dawson, has a queue of wannabe writers lining up to speak to him uh, as we sit down for an interview. This is from the article on Forbes. Dawson is one of the self-publishing success stories that Amazon likes to wheel out when journalists like myself come knocking. But Dawson's success isn't down simply because publishing his crime thriller series and hoping for the best. Dawson has become an entrepreneur with self-publishing platform with the self-publishing platform he had no choice the tactics he employed to promote his series aren't game-changing or even particularly clever but the scale in which he implemented them is what made the difference to date he has sold over 300,000 copies of his series about an assassin called John Milton Dawson says he pocketed six figures last year and he's on course to make much more this year and he's got plans for bigger and better things for this series outside the print form so kind of like a crime spy novel Dawson's recent success isn't representative of his time in publishing however he actually had a book published by Pan Books called The Art of Falling Apart in 2000 which completely bombed not because it was bad ironically it's now available on Kindle and has 32 five-star reviews out of 39. But because few people read it or aware or were aware of it, Mark puts the book's failure down to the publisher's inability to promote his work and generate any sort of interest. And that's what it boils down to. You know, sometimes even if the content's good, it, it can get overlooked. Um, but I, I do think eventually good content rises to the top. Just, you know, I think it takes years, really. Um, but I also think too, like anything in the arts is kind of a pipe dream until proven otherwise, like truly, like you, you can be as creative as you want to be, but like if you're, if, if what you're doing isn't converting to sales or traction and you're like doing the same thing over and over again, it's kind of like, you know, that's how I look. I take a very optimistic pessimistic optimistic pessimism is what i say it's like yeah maybe uh one day it could all change but then i'm like at the same time i'm like it's it it's within the business side of it like it, it's cr crucially and heavily dependent on good marketing and good marketing takes money you know um let's see amazon recommends this as a promotional tool and it's one that many try. For most writers, the idea of giving away your hard-earned words for free is just plain unacceptable. Rolling the dice, Dawson explained, recounting the moments leading up to finding out the well, how well the Black Mile had done, which is his book that took off. Um, 
there's lots of farmers fields where he lives he said he was cycling on his bike decided to take a break parked his bike sat down put his back against the tree got his phone out miraculously managed to get some signal and thought i'll start checking how the book is doing it had 50,000 copies and i was like holy shit that's unbelievable it sold 50,000 copies and he did it all through facebook ads instagram ads which is like a targeted click click to sell and you know i did this on my last two books i haven't had success with amazon or uh, facebook marketing um i think my conversion rate it was like it's like two percent or something like that like i would spend a hundred dollars on clicks and i'd get one or two sales so those one or two sales you're spending a hundred dollars to get eyeballs on something and the conversion and i had it like tar- like all specified targeted for the audience um but the conversion it was like two out of every hundred dollars two sales which equates to 20 bucks split with amazon you know you're you're losing 70 dollars basically more than that really um on uh on every every click maybe 80 bucks something like that um so for me it's like yeah okay here we go here's here's dawson's budget to get readers on board dawson does the usual stuff like getting blogs to review his books but what he said works the most is facebook advertising dawson is pumping 370 dollars a day into facebook advertising and he's receiving double that in his return on investment so that's that has me thinking i'm like okay if i i spent a hundred in a week and got two sales what if i upped my budget to 500 a day and looked at the conversion <laughs> It's kind of like betting on yourself, you know. I haven't done an aggressive campaign like that. I set my parameters at 100 a week uh for advertising, uh, but it's not enough, I don't think, quite frankly. So, what I'm going to do, what my strategy is going to be on this third one, go direct to Amazon. I'm going to try to follow Dawson's strategy and pump 370 a day into Facebook, so set a set aside 3k and let that 3k go to work and uh and see what happens. You know, the book I'm about to release is a lot less graphic, so it, it probably has a much wider audience. My first two novels are extremely graphic and I think limiting in the amount that you can sell because it's a niche audience. You know, it's uh it's uh it's crime thriller but i don't sanitize a- any of it like it's a very very brutal novels but you know the one i'm working on now is essentially kind of like sci-fi paranormal mixed with psychological thriller uh it explores you know really like mental illness to a heavy degree uh and uh the spiritual side of things linked to schizophrenia and all that you know crazy stuff it's kind of a wild topic um but no it's it's interesting because you see you know i know a lot of writers who ha- fail often and they and fail hard and uh i think i think the odds are are stacked against everybody but i think this guy Dawson figured out how to tap into a market he figured out how to tap into a genre and he figured out his marketing strategy by spending $370 a day on Facebook ads. 
And there's another guy who did this and got rich. He had like 2,500 bucks to his name. His name is Chase Hero. The guy's worth, I don't know, something like 100 million right now. Um, self-made entrepreneur, also an e-commerce expert, one of the famous advertising gurus who founded or founded Pacer Capital. Um, and I've heard of these stories and these aggressive campaigns of people who go that extra mile to push a product, to push something, and that the Facebook advertising does work, but it's all, I think, product dependent. If your product isn't a niche product, if it's everyday use, which books are, people like to read books, but if the material of the books are too niche, that is what could potentially be blocking uh, a lot of sales. Bad writing too. <laughs> but, you know, I look at it as, you know, every everything, at least that I write, is an experience to kind of get better and stuff like that. And my reviews are actually really good on uh, Kirkus and IMDb Pro and stuff like that. Um, you know, all the reviewers have have uh, been very kind, uh, but it's just a matter of converting converting it into sales. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's not a business until until there's money involved. You know, and you know, at, at current said time, it's a viable hobby. <laughs> so you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking about the strategy going really heavy on Facebook ads. It's an interesting strategy, and I think with the right material, it would probably work. But, you know, I have to wonder, and Chase Hero, he talked about this too, how he accidentally set his campaign settings to 2,700 a day, and he only had like 2,700 bucks in his bank. And the amount of product he sold from that 2,700 was somewhere of like five or six K. So he recouped everything and they wired it in, back into his bank within two weeks. And he said that was the moment his life changed. And it's like, you know, I look at these gurus and I, and I wonder, like, I think it's just a lot of times them hitting that breaking point of like, well, nothing else has worked. So let's try this, you know? And I find myself kind of in that position because I, I love the arts, but like I haven't made money doing it. Uh, which is fine because I like it as a hobby anyway, if nothing, you know, comes of it. But, um, you know, looking towards the the pioneers who have actually turned it into businesses, seeing what their strategy is, and then actually having the gumption to follow through on a campaign, something that's 500 a day, you know, 700 a day, doing a really ballsy campaign and, and not being afraid of of uh, eating it you know and I just dip my toe in with the first two you know a hundred bucks a week converting into two sales a week you know and, and I and I think that has to do with subject matter and probably obscurity too and and uh, you know just the nature of of how it is like I think I think you just have to try and I say you people in general just have to try anything and everything throw a bunch of stuff at the wall to see what sticks and then once something works play to those strengths play the hand that you're dealt you know 
some people are born with those connections man with the agents and the managers and all that stuff and it's like that's great too but you know at the end of the day like the consumers rule the roost you know um and and you can find out very quickly what's going to be advantageous 100% based off you know checking the temperature of the market you know understanding if something's not selling there's a there's there's a reason for it there's probably several reasons you know and then building a strategy off of you know why why is it that you're hitting that wall and how do you break through the wall you know and that's what i found you know just doing more sales oriented roles i found that that's my strength my strength to break through those barriers is is uh sales direct to consumer sales being on the phone I've had I've had great uh, success doing that uh which is nice you know but now I want to dive into that realm where you let the machine do the selling the facebook the instagram you 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 let the marketing do its thing via the algorithms via paid campaigns you know but it's about having the right right product and the and the balls to run an expensive campaign i think so those are my thoughts ladies and gentlemen i'm on 5 hours of sleep i did heavy cardio last night i've been waking up at 5:30 in the morning doing these runs i've been doing like two a days <laughs> and uh yeah i slept from like midnight to 5:30 so i'm uh definitely feeling that midday exhaustion but uh thanks again for tuning in guys i i do appreciate the viewership uh appreciate the uh, you checking checking it out on spotify uh this is episode 6 of the alex gotti update uh thank you for tuning in cheers